Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 79. And as always, if you'd like to listen to us on a regular basis, feel free to subscribe to our podcast here on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you are a listener on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a review, as always. So as I like to say with the business stuff out of the way... We've got a full house again after a few weeks of guys taking the weekend off. So, Sam Lepressi, hello, Sam. Hello, Danny. I have a rhetorical question for you. How do you know that you're an adult? When you have a child? Uh, well, yes, that's what, very true. But also, but how you, how you truly know that you have crossed from adulthood, uh, from childhood into adulthood, is when your mother asks you what you want for Christmas, and the very first word out of your mouth is pants. Pants. Yeah, that that that's when you know. And a man who was, before we hit record here, was talking about the clothes he received for Christmas. Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Wow, you uh, really planned those transitions, don't you? Sometimes they pop into my head. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, yeah, glad to be here. And uh, indeed, it was a nice Christmas. So I hope everybody uh, also uh, had a nice uh, nice time. Did you get pants? Uh, no, uh, shoes. So that's mm-hmm. close to the pants area <laughs> close of to the body. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, very nice shoes from my uh, fiance. So the shoes, yes, the shoes area connects to the pants area. Oh. Yeah, the hip bones connects to the ankle bone and all that. <laughs> well, it's not, but anyway. Uh, that's right. That's right. And we've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. Just before you ask, I got two shirts and a hat. So in a weird way, we kind of match up. Like we, we had a whole outfit out there. That's right. That's right. That is right. So now that we've got our outfit chat out of the way, we'll talk first about a, a takeaway from the game that is now a week or so out. And that is Juventus's 2 nothing win to go into the holiday break. So Samuel Presti, Mr. Pants, what is your takeaway from said win my takeaway is Federico Bernardeschi is just really having a sneaky good year, isn't he? Like it's, you know, because of the injuries, he's kind of had to be relied on a little bit more than, than we would think. And, you know, even at the end of the, of last season, the idea that, that Federico Bernardeschi would be relied on for, for a significant chunk of our, 
attack would be received about as well as Sergio Romero looking at the team sheet and seeing Daniela Rugani on it. But uh, he's put together some really great performances in these last in this season, especially these last couple of weeks. And, you know, it, the, there's an argument to be made that Juve wouldn't even be where they are right now without it. it. It's been a really interesting little turnaround for him. I mean, you know, go figure, play him as a winger like you're supposed to, and he maybe starts playing a little better. Play a guy in his natural position. Shock. But I, I think this is a, it's, it's a little bit of an overlooked but feel-good storyline for this season is that, is that Benedeschi seems to really be, be, be holding his own in a way that we were, that I don't think anyone was expecting him to be this season so far. What you got, Chucks? Well, I will uh, raise your optimism with some pessimism or lower your optimism with some pessimism, whatever. Juve had another clean sheet, which is good. But even though we didn't concede many chances against Galliari in the game, the two chances they had were massive chances, which they probably should have scored them. So it's again just kind of this, this, I guess, paradox maybe is the right word to use of, you know, Juve have been very good defensively, actually, just at the time of speaking. I believe we are the third or fourth best looking very quickly here. Yeah, third best defense in the league with just 17 goals conceded after 19 games compared to um, the best defense uh, in the league, which is uh, Napoli with 14 and Inter with 15. Uh, so, you know, that that's very good, clearly. But so, you know, on one hand, you have this great defensive record. But on the, on the other hand, it's like, you know, <laughs> we're playing against the last place here, or sorry, second to last place. And, you know, the two chances they had probably <laughs> should have been in the back of the net. So it, it leaves me a little conflicted, you know, great defense, but great defensive record, but then those few lapses there could prove very costly. But um, overall, satisfied. Over to you, Sergio. Yeah, I, I guess my, my takeaway would be that Moise Keen is getting a little bit better. Uh, obviously, it hasn't been overall, and we'll talk about it afterwards, it hasn't been overall a fantastic semester for Juventus. One of those players that hasn't had a great semester has been Moise Keen. I think that there were a lot of big expectations for him this this year perhaps unjustly, but there were a lot of expectations for him and he hasn't really performed. But last few games, I think he has shown a little bit a little bit more than he was what he was showing. Two goals in the last four matches. I know that's not going to blow out anyone, but you know that's something. Uh, two well-taken goals, two goals that I think showed a little bit of what makes him good, that kind of assertiveness, the kind of physicality that, that he's known for. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more encouraged about his future with Juventus, with his future for the remainder of the season. I, I'm, I'm a little bit more encouraged about it. And I guess, obviously, the biggest, I, I think, takeaway was the, the one that old Sam already said. So taking that away, I think Moise Keen is my kind of like biggest takeaway of the last matchup. Well, we will transition from thoughts of one game into thoughts of the previous 19 league games plus obviously the champions league stuff and that is we're going to look back and do a little bit of review of the first half of the 2021-22 season so uh, we will do it a little bit like previous iterations of our reviews and we will do it kind of in a draft style with best moments and best players and not so good players and all that good stuff so uh i don't know we started with sam last time we will start with chucks who would you say is your first half MVP? Well, it might seem a little odd to say it given his uh, recent string of injuries, but I would say Paolo Dybala overall. It's, it's finally a season where someone is playing him or someone, a coach, is playing him in uh, his correct position, which is just off that, you know, center forward, uh, in this case, Morata. And yeah, we've seen it. I mean, he's just been, I think, by far our most productive attacking player in terms of goals and assists, and just in terms of threat. I mean, Chiesa as well, but I think Dybala is different. You know, Dybala brings more that passing threat. Chiesa brings that dribbling threat, which is important to have that diversity of threats in the team. But yeah, I think Dybala, if only he could stay fit, but, you know, notwithstanding injuries, uh, he's just, yeah, just been our most threatening and productive and just, I think, consistently productive attacking player. Sergio, how about yourself? It's, it's tough to say because I think no player has been good for the whole of the first half. You know, I, I agree with Chucks that Dybala has been good 
in in a, in a number of, of of games and a few stretches, but just because of his injuries, it's been tough for him to really be as as big of a factor in in the entirety of the first half so far. I'm gonna go with the guy that he started the year off very brightly, and he has kind of you know had a downturn lately. But still, I think what he did in the in the beginning of the year was was enough for me to consider him the first half MVP. And, and that's Manuel Locatelli. I think that's a guy that when he came on, he was everything that was promised and more. I think even, even at this point when he hasn't been at, at you know, in, in the sharpest form lately, he's still the best midfielder in the team by oh, a decent margin. But when he, th- those first few months with in the team, he just completely changed what Juventus could do from a tactical standpoint, from a, from in the, in the pitch, he didn't look like the moment was too big for him. He didn't look like the shirt was too big for him. He started scoring big goals, starting putting big performances. Uh, I really do think that he was everything that, that we thought he could be immediately. And maybe that's why it's been a little bit disappointing that he hasn't been able to keep that up. Uh, perhaps that's a bit unfair considering how good he was early on. But hopefully with a little bit of rest, two weeks is not a ton of rest, but hopefully the the, the little bit of rest he's getting right now, it, you know, helps him get back to that early, early season form that he was on because they, they're going to need that from him. They're going to need that guy who was just as good offensively as defensively, who was just setting the pace for the team, who really, really was the one player in that midfield that looked like a top tier midfielder. And they're going to need that back. He hasn't been showing that so much lately, but I, I I have faith in him that he will he will go back to that form and and he will continue his form because in my mind I think he's still the the first half MVP. Sam, you'll have the double booking on this. You'll have your MVP and then you'll start out the LVP scenario. And I can already say to the listeners that it will be Aaron Ramsey. So Sam, your MVP. My MVP in lieu of of the the first two pit my first two picks would probably be have been Dybala and. And Locatelli, I'd, I'll have to go with Matthijs Delict. He's been really, really good in the back this year. It's been kind of understated. And there's this, there, there's this, I think, fallacious idea that he has somehow been a disappointment at Juventus. And I don't see where this is coming from. Maybe it's just because you do have that, you know, the Chiellini and Bonucci connection when they do play together still is that good. And they are still very much deployed together for the bigger games with him kind of being out. But the, the idea that he's been a disappointment or that he hasn't been all that he's, you know, all, what he's been advertised when Juventus bought him three summers ago, I think that's nonsense. And you can definitely see what, you know, the way he's evolved and the way he just takes charge of certain games. These last couple, two, three games, he has been a rock in the back. He was an absolute unit against Bologna. And like you said, Chuck, you know, he has really been out there as, as really the major contributor on a team that is the third best defense in Serie A, which is where, you know, and, and I don't think any one of us would have looked at the teams that have shown up the last two years and said that Juventus would be the, the third best defense in Serie A this season at the halfway point. No, absolutely uh, no. not. No, I, I think that his, his contribution can't be overlooked and you know it he's he's just been really good and and apart from what he actually does on the field with 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 the ball his leadership has really started coming out you know he you know we saw that uh, those couple times I, it was i forget if it was against Cagliari Bologna now for whatever but he was you know some, you know a ball got through he had to deal with it and he was screaming at guys like why did i have to deal with that ball that's your why 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 did you mess up like, you know, get it together. Like that's, that, that, that is, I think another very, very underrated part of, of, of what he's done in a Juventus and is starting to do as in a Juventus shirt. So he's definitely really, uh, really high up there. And to your LVP, sir. Yeah. It's Aaron Ramsey. (laughs) I mean, I mean, what else can you possibly be looking at? I mean, he's, he's played what, maybe 130 minutes all told this season. (laughs) He's played, um, as, as we know, he's played more for his country than he has for his club. Yes, he has played far more for his country than he, than he has. And then he had the temerity to blame it on Juventus 
uh, and our training methods when it wasn't when in fact he's been dealing with stuff like this since he was at Arsenal. I mean, he missed 43 games over his last three years at Arsenal. And, uh, you know, going back into my Festivus post this past week. But yeah, he's played 97 minutes for Juventus this season over three appearances uh, in the league and another 14 in the Champions League on two subs. And he's got a yellow card. Out of those, out of those minutes, he's got a yellow card. I don't know how that you can possibly manage to get yourself booked in that amount of time, but he did it, which is a thing, I guess. But yeah, it is just if if, if you want to talk about value for for what you're what what's expected of you as a professional player, yeah, it's Aaron Ramsey, absolutely. Sergio is the player you're going to pick. Brian Wischmanielli Schmugani. No, no, because I to me he's in that category of like the third keeper. Like it's just whatever like he's there he hasn't been too bad he's played like what like probably around 90 minutes too i can live with that i can live with that uh no i'm actually uh i just threw praise his way beginning in this pod but this hurts me more than it's gonna hurt him but i think moist keen to me is is the lbp and it's probably a bit harsh but just i think Maybe maybe it's a bit unjust, the fact of, of the expectations that were on him. But he was coming off a really, really good season with PSG. He was coming on. I know it's not a, a you know a par-for-par par replacement for Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. But his signing was announced right when Cristiano Ronaldo was announced that he was leaving. Obviously, he wasn't the guy that was brought in to you know, take all those goals away. Obviously, that wasn't his role. But there was an expectation, especially with Alvaro Morata's loan finishing uh, next season. His option to buy is pretty expensive. They probably won't activate it. So this seems like a pretty smart plan to bring in this young guy and have him have this year as a sort of sub, but he's going to start getting more minutes. He's going to eventually end up being the starter and we can let Morata go and and Keane is going to be the guy moving forward. And He's just, you know, he, he's still not there. He's very much not there. He's shown flashes. He's had good games, I think. He's had good good goals, good performances here and there. But he has definitely not been the guy that I'm confident in just saying, oh, he's going to be our guy moving forward. Like, we, we let Morata go, and he's going to be our starting number nine. I don't think he has been putting up those performances. I think he's pretty far off being that guy right now and i'm i'm giving him this you know not not an award but i'm giving him this not just because i i think it's been disappointing what we've saw what what, what we've seen from him especially considering how well he played in his first juve stint how well he played at psg last year i think we all expected a lot more from him i think we expected a, a much more mature player and he's still not there i Agre- agreed he's still like 21 or something but I think he's still pretty far from from the guy that I see leading the Juve the Juve line for years to come, and and I think a lot of that underperformance is what has Juventus still being linked to Mauro Icardi and to Cavani and to Blahovic and all these rumors for a striker because he just hasn't really shown anything that leads you to believe that in the future he is going to be that guy, and and for that I. I give him the LPP. He's still young. I still like him, but but from what we've seen this first half, he he's my LPP. All right, Chucks, you're up, sir. Yeah, Moise Keane was actually my second pick as well. I, I completely agree, uh, Sergio. And obviously, Aaron Ramsey is kind of a he's <laughs> kind of a no brainer there. But um, no, Moise Keane. Just uh, quickly on, on him before I uh, give my uh, pick. My frustration with with him is the fact that. The center forward position alongside uh, Dybala, um, that center forward position is so much for the taking. I mean, it's so like, you know, okay, when Ronaldo was here, okay, you know, he got someone banging in 30-something goals a season. Yeah, that's a little hard to compete with. But Morata is, uh, I mean, he's, I hate to say it, but I don't think he's going to score any more than like 15 goals this season or so, which whatever. I mean, I think he's still a good player. And I, I mean, I appreciate him and just, you know, his effort for the club. But, I mean, the, that center forward position is absolutely there for the taking, which, again, is why just Moise Keane's, like, pretty poor form has just been disappointing because it's like, come on, it's there. It's there for you to, to get. 
Um, although, you know, we, we did mention that in the last two games or so, and um, as he's been playing in a wide left position, uh, he's looked better there, you know, so maybe that's, uh, yeah, maybe there, there's something there. Maybe that's uh, the key to his, uh, yeah, revival for the second half of the season. Uh, but yeah, anyway, my pick is uh, actually uh, Rodrigo Bentancur. Um, I think he's also just been someone that I've been waiting for, like, I don't know, a long time to kind of improve. Not where you know? I was expecting you to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you know, I have to Not pick where I different. was expecting you to go at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to pick something different, you know, got to keep you on your toes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think this is just kind of a result of, like, accumulated frustration of, of mine uh, with Ben Tankur. Again, I appreciate him just as a person, as a player, and I think he's just, you know, um, always just been professional, always been you know, represented the club well and just, you know, been a good human being and all that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just been, just been kind of waiting for him to, you know, be like it, you know, just to like really show um, what he can do. Okay. Of course he's had, you know, what, three different coaches in the last few years. I mean, as has the rest of the team, um, as has Dybala, you know, but I mean, then in addition, he's had, you know, he's been shunted around and, various positions in Regista position and then, you know, right midfield and just, you know, pinged all around the pitch um, in different uh, positions and in different formations. But still, I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like I'm, you know, yeah, just not really seeing what I hoped, like, like I wrote in, uh, I think it was last month's uh, monthly review that um, I'd drawn a comparison of the potential energy and kinetic energy from physics. And I feel like he's just someone who's like permanently stuck in like potential energy. You know, um, you know, unrealized energy rather than kinetic energy being you know, realized energy for all the uh, physics nerds out there. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like he's just, you know, permanently stuck in that kind of potential energy phase. And, and yeah, I mean, McKenney now has essentially displaced him as starting central midfielder alongside, of course, Locatelli, who's, uh, you know, I mean, he's like, like Dybala, he's just kind of like, if he's fit, he's going to you know, if he's fit and well rested, he's going to be in that central midfield position. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of surprising as well. I think that McKenney displaced him because um, I feel like McKenney had a longer way to go to recover from because he had that injury and, you know, he ended last season not in great form. So, you, got, you know, he really had to, you know, get back, recover from a kind of worse starting position, I guess, uh, than Bentancur. And yeah, he's overtaken him. So, um, and he's played well, I think. So, yeah. It's, uh, I'm hoping to see more from Ben Dunkour, obviously, <laughs> uh, aren't we all? But yeah, we'll see. Danny, we haven't heard your picks. I know. I was just about to say, I, because I am an idiot and realized, forgot that there are actually four people on this podcast rather than just three, I forgot to throw in my own picks. So for MVP, I will say Johnny Square because he very much has become a, a key component of this squad. And, you know, I've been kicking around the idea of writing more about him in detail, how he's kind of become the guy who I remember a few years ago, he was the source of a lot of frustration, kind of like the the Colombian version of Rodrigo Bentancur. When you knew he could be better, he just wasn't actually being better, and he was very inconsistent. But now he's obviously become a main source on the right wing, whether it's as a fullback or as an actual winger. But for my LVP, I will keep it in South America, and I will say Alexandro because we have now seen, at least over the past few weeks, the potential changing of the guard from a – older veteran player who has been very good over the years, not so much <laughs> in recent years, but during the earlier portion of his Juventus career to now the potential transition to a player in Luca Pellegrini, who at least in the small sample size, we've seen him has looked apart. So I know that some of the Italian press over the last few days, when they're not on Christmas holiday have talked about, you know, is the changing of the guard actually happening? And well, Luca Pellegrini has received a whole lot more consistent playing time the last month than Alexandro. So, you know, we've seen Sandro's defensive ability deteriorate. I mean, he's seemed to be making a whole lot more mental lapses over the last year or so than he used to. And I don't know, he just, I just don't have much faith in him. And I, I surprisingly have more faith in Luca Pellegrini, which I'm sure we'll be hearing from in or hearing his name mentioned by somebody over the next few minutes or so. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because I won't hog the first pick. I will bring up the, the rear. I will throw the first MVP or MVP. We already did that. The, the first best moment pick to Sergio Romero. I, before you do that, Sergio, can I just say that I'm shocked that the Kulusevsky was not on anybody's list there? Yeah. Like I hate it because I like him ver- I like him a lot, but like the fact that no the fact that none of us went with I almost went with him before I decided to just take the opportunity to crap on Ramsey. But like I'm I'm kind of surprised that that wasn't uh that that no one mentioned him at all. Yeah, I think I, I did him like, for oh, did I do him for at least no, I didn't do I know I did him for something. I think it might have been last season's review. I think I yes. did was it yeah yeah because i kind of remember like so the, most disappointing or something yeah yeah that was probably it that was probably it yeah and i, I think in the back of my head i was like well i don't know i've been kind of you know you know beating him down a little bit too much so i was like <laughs> okay let me like give him a break but i i think that that was kind of back in my mind as well give, give him a break because he is such a loyal listener right yeah. <laughs> also also <laughs> also dishonorable mention to artur yes and this tiny circles. yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, on the Kulusevsky note, though, I think I kind of give him some slack for that really important goal against Zenit um, in Champions League. Um, that was, re- yeah, very, very important goal. You may begin now, Sergio. <laughs> and on that Champions League note, I I think there haven't been a ton of great moments this, this half year, but... I think the one that definitely jumps out to me is is that Chelsea game. I think that that's probably if we weren't doing snake style, I think that'd be everyone's pick. It, it was just a, a a game that you know, big Champions League game, big Champions League atmosphere. Uh, Juventus kind of going with that funky, weird formation, and it like working, like the formation working. Uh, Bernardeschi playing his first in a string of actually decent to good games uh which that was the first one which was completely unexpected against a team that is in the shortlist to win the champions league and and they just had one of those you know greedy grindy performances that that we were so used to seeing from them in 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 the first max alegriera especially in those big games especially when they were kind of like outgunned obviously in a much different um stage with much lower stakes but it did bring me a bit of those flashbacks against Real Madrid in the semifinals when they went to Berlin, uh, with, to the Berlin final against Barcelona in, uh, when they beat them 3-0 at home uh, when they went to Cardiff. Like It was those type of performances which in which you know they're kind of technically outgunned, but that doesn't mean that they get outplayed. Like They're just very, very well drilled. They're just a very good put together football team and and they managed to be the team that on paper is better than them and i think we hadn't seen that from a juventus side in 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 a while obviously that turned out to be you know maybe still let's be a little bit optimistic here maybe that still could be what this team is all about when when the season is over but you know in in the long run that might have been just a mirage that might just have been a, a fluke or a lucky game or what have you but at the moment, it really did feel like, okay, this is what we all signed up for when Max Allegri was signed back to be the Juventus coach, this type of games. And, and to me, that's that's clearly the, the best moment of, of the year so far. Sam, you're up next. That's probably the best game of the Champions League season for sure. I think the best game of the I'll go with the best game of the league season and that was the the 2-0 win over Lazio in November. Agreed, agreed. I think that that was easily the most complete game that they played from that point. They had basically Lazio had one shot on target the entire game. 
and it was from way out. It was a Malinkovich Savage hit from way outside the box. They, they just didn't have the the ability to really threaten the team at all. And we've seen, you know, we've seen that a little bit with some of the the smaller provincial sides later on in the year. You know, the Bologna game where I don't think they had, a, or it was it was either Bologna or Genoa where they didn't even have a shot, like and not no shots, period, <laughs> not even shots on target. But that was a game against one of the teams that was tipped to be up there with us in the standings. You know, one of the teams that we were fighting for for the top four spots, and to and to have handled them so readily you know especially after having gone through a really rough that uh the three league games before that were the the back-to-back losses against Sassuolo and and Verona and then and then that the game against Fiorentina where we won on the miracle goal on on another miracle one goal it was coming up from a from a point where we just needed something and that was a just I think the most complete performance they've put in in the league all year uh, and it came at a big time and, and it came against an important opponent. So all, all just all around a really, really good, a really great day and a really good moment for the league season so far. Easily the best, I think, out of Serie A. All right, Chuck, you're up next and don't take my idea. Um, I'm not sure what your idea will be, actually. So I will take a little surprising, perhaps surprising turn. But anyway, I'll take an individual moment, uh, which he had a pretty bad start to the season. Our dearly beloved uh, goalkeeper was, and you know. All right, he... you're clear. Oh, oh, I'm good. Oh, I actually <laughs> thought I thought because you're a goalkeeper, I thought oh maybe uh, you know um, maybe you'll take that, but uh, I won't. I'll take uh, Chesney's uh, penalty save against Azroma, uh, which was uh, early-ish in the season. You know, after like I said, after that, just pretty bad start to the season, and we, you know, we discussed uh, on the podcast uh, at length just his very shaky form. In um, yeah, just for you, Vangle, and I thought that that penalty save was uh, just such a huge confidence boost for him. Um, he had, he had already started recovering like his form a little bit, but I think that was really like okay, you know, <laughs> the kids are all right kind of thing. And you know, it was obviously at a pivotal moment. It was you know we were one 0 ahead, and there was that strange um, yeah very bizarre situation in that game where Roma scored the equalizer, and then it was chalked off because i mean bush gave away the penalty but i mean it wasn't uh, you know i don't think it was like an egregious foul or anything he just went for the ball and then you know i think it was uh mikitayan kind of like tripped over him so it wasn't you know I, I don't think it was like an egregious mistake or anything but yeah i mean you know saved uh, the penalty and you know kept juve uh in the game and ensured that we would get a very important uh 1-0 victory against uh well what has proven to be a direct competitor for that fourth uh place position in the league because well at the moment are only two points below us uh in sixth place so yeah i'll take that individual moment just as a uh really as a feel-good moment for for Woj on a personal level again he's a good guy you know he's been with the club for a long time and i think we were just all surprised that he had just been this bad i mean at, at the start of the season i mean look he's no ballon d'or winning goalkeeper but he's he's a very good goalkeeper i mean i think we you know can all agree with that so, you know, that start of the season for him was a shock, but me recovered, has since recovered and is, you know, doing excellently right now. So uh, long, long may it last. Yeah. You look at that and that might as well be the kind of the turning point for him personally in his season. So it's been, it's been, you know, knock on wood, good, pretty good since then. So I will actually take something that you took the game chucks that came out of the international break in October. I will take the game that they went into the international break with. And obviously the Turin Derby wasn't exactly the greatest game performance wise, but I will go with the narrative of the boyhood Juventus fan scoring a goal in his first Turin Derby and Manuel Locatelli scoring the game winner in, I believe the 86th minute against Torino to win said Turin Derby. And man, if you needed some adrenaline going through your body, the Turin Derby has seemingly provided plenty of those lately with some some late game goals and especially late late game game winning goals. So I will go with Manuel Locatelli in his first Turin Derby scoring the game winning goal against little brother in Torino. Death, taxes, and goals against Torino after the 80, 85th minute. That's right. Like that's it, it's an unwritten <laughs> we we are 
you know, maybe not Chuck's, but there are three other baseball fans here. And that definitely seems to be an unwritten rule, as we know yeah. there are plenty of unwritten rules in baseball. But we will now snake go back around to snake and talk about our biggest surprise. And since I will bring up the rear once again, we will start with you, Edward. What is your biggest surprise of the season to date? Well, I've been debating two moments in my head as you were. Well, you, you were only talking. get one. So you're gonna have to make <laughs> well, up your mind soon. Well, yeah, okay. I'll take the I'll take this one and, and sneak in one uh very quickly uh after my one uh, after you the one. Only get one. <laughs> only get one. one shot, one opportunity. His knees weak, palms heavy. Or uh, whatever that song you, is. You, you, anyway. you, you swapped those lyrics so hard. Well, man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just as There's long the as edit. You... There's the edit button. Just Don't as long worry. as you mention mom's spaghetti. Yeah, well, hey man, I already opened the restaurant, Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> but anywho, nobody, nobody listened to the to this podcast for that. Come on now, no, I take my sp- most surprising moment to be. This one might sound a little strange, but I think uh, Weston McKenney solidifying really a starting spot in central midfield. And uh, you know, I'd alluded to it earlier, and uh, yeah, I'll just kind of expand on that here. But yeah, like I said, you know, he had ended last season pretty poorly, obviously with injuries and all that. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just wasn't really sure. Again, starting the season, also uh, for this season, he was, you know, okay. But I was like, I don't know. I just wasn't really sure. Like, okay, is this like McKinney's ceiling? Is it, you know, was that like those first six months or so? Was that just a blip? Like first month, six months of last season, or three six months, whatever it was uh, of last season? Was that maybe just like an anomaly? Was that is this kind of a regression to the mean? Um, so I, you know, I just wasn't really sure. Like, okay, what? like should my kind of expectation be for him so yeah i mean i didn't really expect him to yeah to to solidify like a starting spot uh in central midfield um alongside locatelli and also kind of along with that i thought his permanent position would be maybe on that right side of midfield um, as he had started his juve career in and now it does seem like he's you know just taken central midfield as his real like starting like preferred position so at least that's also cleared up there but yeah, just him, you know, doing that and um, yeah, pushing Bentancourt to the bench. I think, yeah, that's just kind of those two things together have been very surprising, uh, but pleasantly surprising. I mean, I think he's a good compliment to Locatelli. Um, I think he's done just well as in providing some energy and connecting or into kind of moving forward as like a late run into the box during in attacks, but then also just being good defensively, um, you know, backing up Locatelli, you uh, putting in a little bit harder tackles and just, uh, yeah, being, being a bit more of that muscle in uh, muscle and energy, I guess, in uh, central midfield, but um, yeah. And also just, you know, been tidier in passing. Um, I mean, he's no Locatelli in passing, obviously, but just been, yeah, solid overall. And just, you know, I think pretty deserving of his uh, central midfield spot right now. And uh, okay. So I'm going to squeeze in a little second one very quickly. You're going to cheat the system, <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to wait. You got to wait. <laughs> No, because this one is genuinely hilarious. <laughs> because I, at the start of the season, I said like that my expectation was that Ramsey would like become a regista for um, for Juve. Because remember how we said like you know in in the warm up games like he he played in that regista position. I was like, oh man. Yeah, no. and and Max Allegra was gassing him up like it seemed like he was yeah, yeah, be a yeah. Thing. So I was like legit like I was like oh man you know this could be it. And then you bought wasn't. the hype. So, yeah, so I, I yeah, I, I bought into the hype. So that's a kind of a second place there for Ramsey kind of, yeah, not becoming the regista that I kind of awkwardly expected, perhaps. <laughs> so is the surprise that you're wrong or that Aaron Ramsey got hurt? Because I don't know if that's what the surprise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I... let the listeners choose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Is it you, Sam, or is it Sergio? I believe I it is, remember. yeah. All right. Well, Danny, you said that you expected this, and here it, here it is. Uh, and you're the person Luca, I expected it from. Yes, it's Luca Pellegrini. It's very much Luca Pellegrini to me. I, I mean, it's part surprise and part finally, you know, just to, yeah, for 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 all you WWE fans out there, finally. But a- after two years of of just like wandering off in in lone hell, the way so many good young players do for Juventus in particular, but also just everywhere in 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 Italy, it seems. And it feels like the team kept him on basically because they had no other choice at left back. And here he is finally getting the chance to play in Juve, in a Juve shirt. And he's thrown on against Napoli week three 
because all of the South American players have only just arrived like 12 hours before the game. And he plays really well for the first, you know, 60 minutes. He didn't, he didn't have 90 minutes in his legs because he just didn't, hadn't been playing that much, but he plays really well. Then he comes on in that Lazio game again, plays really well. And he is starting to establish himself as a legitimate threat to keep that, that left back job down. And I think he, he, he kind of, you know, we, we mentioned this about him uh, an episode or two ago, Danny and I, you know, he, he brings that, that grit and that, uh, you know, sorry for the editing that he brings that that, that you like in a defender. There are times when he still has to, to keep it under control, but he's, he's like a left-sided Stefan Licksteiner, although he, he puts in a better ball from the, from the overlap than Licksteiner ever did. He's, he's shown some really good skill. He's really, he's done well triggering the attack from the left side as, as an overlapper. And he's finally showing why Juventus looked at Leonardo Spinazzola, who in the past two years has become the best left back in Italy, you know, and, and who damn near would have been MVP of the Euros if he hadn't gotten hurt and said, he's great, but we're going to swap him for this guy. And now here we're seeing it and we're actually seeing, yeah, no, he's, he, he might, he might have it. He, he's looking like he does. And so I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. uh, I mean, surprised more that, that Allegri gave him the chance and really, really ple- pleasantly happy that he's that he has taken this chance and he is delivering. All right, Sergio, your long-awaited answer can now be revealed. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I, I thought this wouldn't get all the way to me, but I guess Federico Bernardeschi, right? We have to we have to shout him out. Granted, it has it's it, even in his first half small sample size. It's been a very small sample size that Federico Bernardeschi has been really good. Uh, I, I would say two, maybe three months of, of just really steady, at worst, decent performances, which was something that, I mean, I think we all thought that that he was gone, that he was going to be a, a decent death piece, um, you know, a, a Simone Padoin 2.0 that, you know, he's, he's there, he's, he's good, good, good guy to have <laughs> on the bench. Uh, you know, good, good, good locker room personality. People seem to like him, but that's about it. And he was going to run out his contract and that's it. And we, we were all going to be left thinking, what could it be with what could have been with Federico Bernardeschi? But th- the truth is, and, and props to him, he's been putting up some really, really good performances. I mean, the, the guy's playing with some flair again, the guy's playing with some swagger, with some confidence that I just didn't think that he still had in him. I mean, Last year, last couple of years, I mean, the guy couldn't put a cross in, into the box, a decent cross. Like he was just completely unable to. Like he couldn't put one decent through pass. Like he couldn't dribble one guy. Like he was just completely shook every single time he, st- he stepped on the field. And now he definitely, like he looks like his most dangerous, like, like Juve's most dangerous player whenever he's on the field. Like lately, that's his, that's been his role. And he's been performing. He's been stepping up. I mean, you know, the the recent rumors suggest that a contract renewal is not imminent by any means. But if he continues to play like this, I'm sure they'll get they'll they'll, they'll figure out a way to bring him back on a on a lower wage. And I'm, you know, I'm shocked to say this, but I think that'd be a good idea to bring him back on a, on a lower wage. A, a you know, pretty good player. I, I think that would be a pretty decent low risk, high reward type of contract renewal uh, situation with Federico Bernardeschi, which I am completely shocked that I'm saying this after what we've seen from him the last few years. But if he manages to keep this up, if 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 the Juventus coaching staff and the board decide that, you know, maybe this is the kind of guy that he can be going forward, then I'm all, I'm all for it because he has really shown us something that he hadn't shown in in at least three years, I think. So, so yeah, very pleasantly surprised by, by Federico Bernardeschi. That would be my, my most surprising player. When Chiesa gets back healthy, will we truly see the wings of Fede in action? You never know. We might be talking about them in a few minutes when we bring in the Twitter questions. But before I say my answer, I will pose this question to 
the group and I'll preface it while saying, you know, are they are, they play in different leagues, but did you guys know, or do you guys know who else has only scored one league goal this season? Just like Federico Bernadeschi. Oh, I know it. Hasn't it been Messi in, in yes. France? That is yes. the Yes. Lionel Messi. I was, I was legitimately shocked when I saw that, but yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Chuck, you're, you're so, your mind is so blown. You're silent. Oh, oh yeah, no, that was a Jeopardy moment I missed there. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I concede to uh, the mighty uh, Sergio Romero. I think we should do a, a swap with PSG, straight swap. <laughs> I think that'd be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could pay for his wages, obviously, but you know, besides that, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, we're that, that'll be a baseball style deal where PSG pays the salary and we, yeah. Uh... yeah. He, like, he's the dead weight. Like, Lionel Messi is the dead weight in this trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, my biggest surprise, and I guess we'll wrap, wrap the review up on this note, my biggest surprise is off the beaten path a little bit. And I will say the Juventus women making the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League because I think that is something that probably. Oh, a very small people outside of that locker room expected to happen. So I will, I will give them a little bit of love in this 2021, 22 first half review. And they are playing against Lyon. Only to, I was going to say only to, only to get Lyon again in the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah. Well, at, at least I mean, it's, it's not, not Barcelona. So I'm at least a yeah. small, small percent hopeful of what could come. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they. I mean, it's not like they had an easy road. Regardless, I mean, no. it was either them, Barcelona, or PSG. So that it's not right. like you're looking at an easy quarterfinal draw in any way, shape, or form. That is right. Yeah, you got to beat the best to beat the best. That's right. Indeed. Do we want to say anything else about the first half of the season before we move on to the Twitter questions, gentlemen? I'm telling I'm you that Ramsey moment. That Ramsey moment. I'm telling you, uh, it was it was a shocker. I I thought he would beat the Regista, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah. You're, still, you're still lamenting your own prediction. I, I don't know. I, kinda, I thought he would do something this season. I mean, something. He has done you something. You mean something other than Wales. sit on the training table? and? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly, yeah. I mean, you know, something. Um, but, for Wales. Oh, well. But I'm just some guy on the internet. That's right. You and Sergio, just guys on the internet. All right. We'll go, to, <laughs> we'll go to some Twitter questions here and we will. It has a very attacking theme to it. So first one from at DLope95 with Moise Keen showing his best form of the season out on a left wing. How do you think we will line up when Chiesa and Paulo Dybala come back? And it sounds like they're both trying to come back for the Napoli game that may or may not happen to begin January. Yeah, that's the first off, that's the last thing we need is another Juve Napoli COVID postponement drama happening. But I think it's a, it's a really interesting question because you have a lot of moving parts there. Dybala, if, if Dybala gets back in time for that game, assuming it's played, he, ha- he gets plugged into the Trequartista spot in the 4-2-3-1, I think. If Chiesa is healthy, you have Keane, who's been playing well on the left side. You also have Juan Cuadrado to, to consider. And you have Chiesa. Now, if Danilo is a little bit behind Dybala and Chiesa, which what the most recent reports look like he still kind of is, then you would have Cuadrado playing right back, and then you'd just be able to say Keen on the left, Chiesa on the right. But if Chiesa is healthy and Danilo is healthy at the same time, then you simply cannot have Chiesa off the field. It, it, when you're looking at your normal starting 11, barring squad rotation and needed rest. So at that point, I do think you kind of have to consider Kane to be either the starting center forward in place of Morata, if Morata is struggling, or you have to have him as a bench option to kind of change the pace a little bit and be a little bit, little bit of a different player on the left side with Juan on the right and Chiesa on the left, because Chiesa is a must start. It, there's just no getting around that. Yeah, I'll add a little bit to that. And I, I think there are just so many variables. It's really hard to yeah, answer it correct or answer it accurately. I mean, you know, does Max is he convinced by the 433 now versus the 442? If he is leading towards a 433, um, or even a 4231 for that matter. But if he's leading towards a 433, then yeah, I mean, that's obviously gonna change who is gonna play. I mean, you obviously need three central midfielders then and 
to, yeah, I mean, just to, well, actually, no, pardon. You'd need one out and out winger and then probably one more kind of inside forward. So then probably you play Keen, Dibala, or sorry, Keen, Morata, and Chiesa. But so then Dibala goes to the bench. But like I said, I think he's been our most productive attacking player. So, you know, it's formation versus form. I think it goes here with Allegri, which is really actually kind of a, it goes back to that age old discussion of do you optimize systems versus players? Systems first, you take, you know, the best system or just a system and then put the players that best fit that system into that. Or you go for players first option where you just take the best players and figure out a way to squeeze them all into a somewhat functioning formation. So I find Allegri to be more of a systems first person, which means that, I mean, they'll probably want to go for four four two. So then I think you play Dybala and yeah, probably Keen and Chiesa, but even then that's a very, very attacking uh, side that, and Allegri is more risk averse than that. So I don't know. It's a great question. It's, yeah, it's really hard to answer. I don't know. I don't really know. My general tendency is to say Allegri is risk averse. So he'll go with a slightly less risky lineup if possible. All right, Sergio, next question. We'll start with you from our friend Handy Vandy. And it will basically go off of what we were just talking about with the wings. Will the all caps wings of Fiddy come back full force with Chiesa getting healthy? and Berna having a good month in December, or will the Panettone take its toll on the Wing Crusaders? You know, I I, I kind of want to shout out our guy here because he was the only one that believed uh, yes, he, yes. For, for the longest time. And I know it was really partly was. a joke. I get that. But still, like, I mean, he, he did believe in this happening. And, I mean, to his credit, I, I honestly do you know, no joke, but do think that that pairing on the wings is probably one of the better, like better lineup choices for Juventus. I I do think that at this point, there's no lineup that doesn't marginalize at least one guy in your lineup, just because that's how this team is built. So there's, there's a lot worse that you could do with a, you know, the sort of quasi four, two, three, one that we've seen lately, with both Bernardeschi on the left wing, Kies on the right wing, either Morata or Kane up front and Dybala right behind them. I, I think that's that's a pretty decent lineup. And, you know, obviously that marginalizes Juan Cuadrado a little bit, but I mean, I don't hate it. I really don't. I, I think that's a pretty decent thing. I think out of all the wingers that we have, Bernardeschi is the best one on the left. I Honestly, that's not the worst idea. And I go back to what we were saying in, in the biggest surprise, but that's shocking to me. Shocking to me that I'm here saying, yes, yes, let's start both Bernardeschi and Chiesa because that is a legitimately good idea. That's that's the, the status of this club at the moment. And I mean, it is what it is. He, he's He's played well enough to deserve it. So yeah, I would actually really, really like seeing that. Obviously, that's going to depend on, on health and this whole Bernardeschi is good thing could very well be a mirage. It, it, again, it's been like two months of, of good play against what, like three years of mediocre play. So, you know, let, let's take it with a grain of salt. But that, you know, I mean, if he continues, if he keeps this up, that's a pretty decent lineup right there. And I, I would not hate seeing it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think back to this connects in a little bit with the last question as well. And what I was saying is, you know, you were talking about about pushing Juan Cuadrado out a little bit if you were to do a, a full-on wings of Fede in 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 either a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one. But of the of the wingers that you have in those hypothetical lineups, Cuadrado is the best suited to be the kind of super sub, Cuadrado or Chiesa. But I, I think you'd rather have Chiesa on for the longer amount of time. And Quadrado, you know, you bring Quadrado in against a, a tired defense, and not good things are going to happen for that defense. Uh, I would not want to be a left back in that situation. So, you know, it it could it could well be a, a, a could you could well end up having a situation where, you know, if if Bernardeschi's form holds, if Chiesa comes back from injury in 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 decent shape, um, you know, you put the two of them on on the field together. 
and and use Juan as your change of pace sub late, provided Allegri gives him enough time to do it, which is a completely other other discussion. But you know, you got anything there, Chuck? No, uh, wiser minds than myself have uh, oh. said it quite well. Yeah, and long may the uh, Bernadeschi uh, train uh, continue. <laughs> um, well, actually, okay, I'll just slip one a uh, small thing in. I Go think ahead. probably the the he lies, he lies. <laughs> I know a little bait and switch, as you imagine. Does it have to do it. with Aaron Ramsey? Uh, no, no, he's uh, done and dusted. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah. I'll say like that. But no, I think the wings, the wings of Fede, um, actually probably is the most balanced side uh, we could think of. Like you know. The two Fedes and then Dybala and Morata. That probably is the most balanced side in terms of attacking threat and still just capable defensive abilities. Um, I th- think both both Fedes are, you know, disciplined enough and hardworking enough to defend well and just capably, you know. Um, but they're still providing, you know, good attacking threat as well. So, yeah, I think that's probably the most balanced side. Let's uh, kind of go back to my last uh, to the last answer as well. But, yeah. All right. Well, we will wrap things up on a potential Juventus attacking note because we've been talking about current attacking notes from at Diego R. Naranjo. If we are unable to get Vlahovic next summer, who is a realistic target for our number nine role when we inevitably return Alvaro Morata back to Atletico Madrid? And Diego adds, Happy New Year, guys. Cheers from Miami. Happy New Year. There is a Juventus club of South, uh, of South Florida. I think they're on Facebook. So if you're not in there already, go look for them. But the closest, the closest consolation prize target for me would probably be Gianluca Scamacca from Sassuolo, who's really starting to, to, to ramp up his form and, uh, and is really starting to, to push himself into, into talk. Also, when you consider how dismal the number nines have been for, for Italy, which is a, a much similar, very much a similar situation to to uh to juve except uh, on the international level he's starting to get uh get talk of being a guy that could maybe push guys like andrea Bellotti and and chiri mobile for starting spots there he's going to be overpriced i think at least for his current abilities but i would not hate having him around if vlahovic becomes undoable yeah, I, I think it could be Skamaka. And frankly, it's entire, It's not all out of the realm of possibility that Skamaka comes in January, but that would still be a bit of a, a bit more of a trans, of a number than I think Juventus can handle in this January transfer window. And that would like that would likely be loan with probably an obligation to buy in the summer. I would think. Uh yeah, something like that. There's also there are also some people that are that are think that are putting out the idea that at least one friend of mine on our New York, on our Empire State Club chat said this to, to buy Skamaka now, have him play for Juventus the rest of the year and then use him as a mate and then use him as a flip plus cash for Vlaovic in the summer. Yeah. Which, I've seen that. I've seen that thrown out too. And, and know, when, when which, it comes to, you know, when it comes to Juventus right now, anything involving a striker seems to be either spending a lot of money or getting creative as hell. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about it is getting getting creative as hell is exactly what we're getting investigated for right now. So I don't know how much more of that you want to do. (laughs) Exactly. um, But yeah, that that's that's how that's how I think that I I would personally just you know go one or the other. Don't don't go bonkers with that sort of thing. But yeah. It's that, that that's a that's a scenario that I've heard as well. Will Sergio say Raul Jimenez? Yeah, I was about to say. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, I I don't I I mean, there's obviously no rumors. I think his moment in the sun has passed. Uh, not not due to his own fault. He had that horrific injury. He's kind of you know building himself back up after that. But with all that being said, I do think they could get him for a much more relatively like affordable fee than what was being discussed previously i mean that's what happens when you buy a guy at his lowest instead of at his highest value so obviously i think the interest was there at one point i do not think that the interest remains but uh yeah it's in terms of of money i think it'd be a lot more doable right now than it was last year 
due to bad reasons, but still, I think it'd be a lot more more affordable. Uh, but yeah, it, outside of him, I, I I tend to agree with Sam. I honestly, I don't. It would not shock me, and I don't think it'll happen. But I, it would not shock me entirely if they just decided to either like roll with the young guys they have or bring in a, a dude that's going to sound like really really like a letdown after all the rumors of Blahovic and this guy and that guy like it wouldn't shock me if they just brought in a, a Simone Sasa type of guy that like oh yeah he's been playing kind of well but he's not really a, a, a super known guy or a, or a really well-known name but if they decide to roll with a guy like that and hope that their young guys develop into something that that would be not super shocking to me because the, the financials remain what they are. So unless they can get super creative with a deal the way they have gotten it for Locatelli or for Chiesa, and it seems like Fiorentina is very much not willing to do a deal like that with Juventus, it wouldn't shock me if they just brought in a stopgap type of guy and hope that their their young guys developed and, and showed that they can be the, the the main striker moving forward. That That would not shock me at all. Two, Ninety-nine two, minutes this season. Simone Zaza has not scored a goal. So, by the way, just one. two things that I want. It, it hasn't been hurt for a lot. Yes. Two two things to to poke in. I didn't one, mean Zaza specifically. To... I meant like a <laughs> I know. I know. I just got curious. <laughs> um, uh, two two things to to that I want. First off, when it comes to to the Raul Jimenez thing, yes, I know we were talking about that a little bit as a joke, but I don't think that there is going to be business done between Juventus and George Mendez at any point in the near future, and that is Raul Raul Jimenez is a is a Mendez guy, so I I wouldn't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. The other thing that I think of, if uh, as as a, as another option beyond Skamaka, because Juventus have been attached to this this guy for a little bit. Is Lorenzo Luca that uh, that kid from from Pisa who's playing the Serie B and playing really well right now? And he's been he's been attached to a couple of the the of of teams. I know uh, there have been rumors for Milan. There have been rumors for Juventus as well. It might be a situation where you take a chance on a kid that's that's been that played really well in the lower levels, kind of uh, like a uh, uh, Sandro Tonali type of a deal i mean yes tonali had had his his one season up in city with brescia before milan picked him up but um you know could be one of those moments where you just you know if you can't get a guy like vlaovic can't get a guy like skamaka third option could be a guy like like luca and and say you know he's cheap he's italian he's young he shows he shows a lot of promise let's see if he does let's see what he does um i just i just hope that they don't sign mallory cardi I just I don't want that to happen. Any young Dutch strikers out there for Juventus to sign checks? Um, not that I actually know of. Um, well, probably yeah, maybe Cody Gakpo. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, Boadu went to Monaco. I think he went to Monaco. Uh, Marion Boadu. But anyway, uh, besides the uh, Dutch uh, strikers, yeah, honestly, I kind of agree with Sergio. I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the club will splurge on strikers. I think, frankly, uh, the strikers are just, you know, honestly, the least of our concerns right now. Um, because, yeah, defense, obviously our defenders are getting very old, um, including, you know, fullbacks and just center backs, like with Bonucci and Chiellini. And, yeah, I, I just don't, I think they'll just, you know, consider Morata good enough. And well, if Dybala gets extended, who knows? Um, and they'll just kind of roll with that. I think we're going to have to look within uh, the team, the club for um, the future of our strike force, um, Caio Jorge or, you know, Moise Keane and or Morata. I mean, I think that's just going to be kind of it for the next year or two. And, you know, just a note on that whole Skamaka creative deal. <laughs> that has to be the epitome of the commodification of players there. I just be like, all right, you come over here for six months, just kind of do a job, just kind of do whatever. And then we're going to use you to get like this really cool toy over here. Yeah. So just kind of just be all right. Yeah. For six months, just kind of do something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. 
as you're as you're talking about that, it makes me think of the uh, Mattia Caldara inclusion in the Higuain Bonucci. Oh yeah, yeah. Like here, you want you want Higuain salary? Here's here's a nice shiny toy for you to for you to get. Yeah, that they promptly broke. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Although he was was unfortunately broken before that too. So, well, I don't I don't think he was. He he had back issues at Atalanta. I remember that. So. Yeah, but, but it not, was a knee issue. The, it was a knee issue that that hit him at that hit him at Milan. He just broke, just in a different spot. But now en- enough trips down memory lane. <laughs> we'll wrap wrap it up for this week. <laughs> thank thank you guys for the Twitter questions. We always appreciate them. As always, if you want to send it, send them to us at Juventus Nation on Twitter. Feel free to do so. Follow us there and on Facebook. Search Black and White and Red All Over. Same goes for that search phrase on your favorite pack podcasting platform whether it is apple Podcasts, spotify or google Podcasts, leave us a review if you feel like it as well so for sam for sergio and for chucks this is danny saying thank you very much for listening and uh we'll see you guys next week in 2022 so happy new year everybody